Hi, Engaged subscribers. Welcome to Power Skills. Today, I have the pleasure of interviewing Dijam Panagrahi, the co-founder of Grid Rasta. Rasta? Yeah. <laughs> about what you actually need to know about the metaverse. Very exciting topic. Thank you for being here with me. Well, thank you, Olivia, for having me here. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the conversation. Me too. Dijam, can you tell me a little bit about you and about the company? Yeah, uh, so I'm Dijam uh, Panigrahi. I'm uh, one of the co-founders and currently acting as a CEO of the company named Grid Raster. Uh, and uh, we specialize in bringing in the uh, the club-based augmented reality and immersive experiences uh, uh, to drive the, the next stage of computing and the experiences, which is called Metaverse. And uh, we are all excited about it. Yeah, I'm excited too. So as you know, the audience for this, um, this series is early career finance and accounting. So uh, before we get into <clears throat> that kind of specific audience's applicability, can you just define the metaverse for us and and why, you know, then we can get into why this particular audience should care about it? Absolutely. So metaverse, I mean, the term, I think uh, it's still, you know, everybody is defining it little to their own convenience. Like in the past, we have heard, seen how the mobile edge computing been defined. Everybody defined their own way. But uh, for us, and largely the, the most of the industry sees it as, you know, the, it's a next evolution of internet where you are bringing in more immersive and, you know, more spatial 3D experiences, which is more intuitive. And you are, you're basically wobbing it pretty closely with the physical world, right? So, um, and more or less, it's going to be kind of uh, decentralized, um, you know, there's going to be um, you know, ownership of the content. So all that kind of follows from there. But yeah, for us, it's the next uh, stage of evolution of internet, which is going to be more spatial, more immersive. Okay, thank you. That's helpful. And so for me personally, when I think of metaverse, I think of more like gaming and um, VR and that kind of thing. But <clears throat> I know it has a lot of applicability to the business world. So tell me a little bit about that. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised, right? So in a way, like a lot of the building blocks of the metaverse kind of has been kind of happening. It's not that something that it started immediately, right? If, if I have to largely break down the overall metaverse, the way I would see it is, there is all that you have this the mobile world right where you have the, all the gaming where you have multiplayer um, multiple uh, users kind of playing those massive multiplayer gaming and all that you're getting a lot of people from different uh, regions kind of experience that a virtual experience so the gaming has always been there and that's going to be one of the critical components then we had this evolution of augmented reality and virtual reality which made all these experiences more immersive more um, you know um, what is the more interactive um, uh, and and so that's that's the second you know evolution that that kind of kind of happened and the third thing which you are beginning to see now is all that you know the virtual assets been created and you know ownership of the assets the the whole nft you know people playing mil paying millions of dollars to kind of buy a virtual asset and that's that's because you know you have this evolution of the blockchain and now you can actually own a physical asset and you can actually acquire them, make them, acquire them, own them, which is exclusive, something similar to what you do in a physical world. So that's now all possible in, in, the, in the metaverse. All this 
you know, put together in a way is where the metaverse is uh, coming up. And thinking like the gaming has always been the beachhead that always had a pretty dedicated and loyal, you know, uh, in a following. So in the conversation, they pretty much kind of lead the way, like whether it's on the VR or even in the AR, the Pokemon Go was a precursor to AR, not necessarily the, actually AR, but, you know, it's a pretty good precursor to the AR. I mean, um, so you're going to see, see that, but uh, what, what is happening is overall, this concept is kind of beginning to kind of get used across uh, the industry. So whether you're talking of the industrial enterprises, um, uh, like um, in aerospace and defense, automotive, large players like Lockheed Martin or the Bremen, um, or Renault, Audi, so BMW, they're kind of building their own industrial metaverse. Then you have a player, you know, the sandbox, the Roblox, and all that. That's more on the immersive gaming side of the things. That's kind of building their own, uh, you know, metaverse. But yeah, it's getting applied everywhere. We, and, and we are really excited about it. So what would you say are some of the problems that the metaverse solves when it comes to business, maybe specifically in finance and accounting? Uh, the, the main, I think the most important aspect, like what, what we see is the ability that you can take a, you know, a problem that is in the, in the physical space, right? Just, just because something that we are working very closely in the industrial space is like in, uh, if I can take a, a shop floor, the industrial shop floor, which is basically very physical, and I want to kind of do, you know, experiments with it, like I want to try different uh, what-if conditions, and want to see like if I kind of change a certain um, you know a certain um, uh, uh, part or a component within that how things will kind of vary you know all that simulation that usually we used to do in a 2D environment using MATLAB and all all that we used to do now we have the ability that we first are, are able to kind of create a digital twin of that whole physical environment which is like you are creating a soft copy of the real world. And the moment you are able to kind of create that soft copy, which can behaviorally kind of um, behave the way the physical world would behave. Now you have, you apply your, all the software techniques on it, you know, to analyze it, to create the what if conditions and, you know, take the insights from there and take it and apply in the physical world. Right. So, and exactly the same thing in terms of the, the simulation, all that is, is pretty much applicable even for, any like uh, financial organization, right? And the things that we invariably are forced to see in, uh, you know, two dimensional because we don't have a better medium to see that, um, uh, but it makes sense in a, in a real world, in a 3D environment better. Like, you know, now it, it can happen now with all the VR and AR headsets and all the data that's been kind of collected. So, yeah, so it's, it's the applicability kind of goes across uh, the different domain. Uh, so finance is not too far off from there. Yeah. So as you see it, are there any problems that the metaverse presents when it comes to business? Like any, any uh, kind of slippery slopes that you see, anything like that? 
I think I think they, always the technology is always a dual-edged sword, right? I mean, yeah. it's all about like how are you going to kind of use it. But yeah, metaverse. I think that it's going to be the first time you're pretty much kind of going to be uh, capturing. Um, you know, the, the camera will be capturing everything that is there around you. So that is obviously concerns about the the privacy uh, and some of the problems that kind of stays in the internet world would kind of continue. We'll, we'll go there here too, because it's just an evolution of internet. Hopefully we'll have a better way to handle it. Like, you know, we have the internet bullying and all that, that kind of keep on happening. Uh, so, you know, all, all those issues are going to continue. So we have to, uh, but metaverse with, since you are capturing everything around you, the, you know, it's the, the privacy concerns become even more greater than what was there in internet, right? Maybe there are some data in your internet that was private, but now, you pretty much you can see like your everyday activities. Somebody can you know see your how your house looks like and everything, what you're doing, so all those things. And uh, so yeah, there is there was there those concerns needs to be kind of addressed absolutely. It's very interesting. Is this something that's being talked about and taught in business schools or fine finance and accounting programs at this point, or is is this like not even on the syllabus? I would say I think from uh, for the last six months, the moment uh, you know Facebook kind of renamed themselves, rebranded themselves as Meta, mm -hmm. I think the conversation has changed a lot, right? You know, if, if you just search for the word Metaverse before Meta Meta converted, how many hits were there? You would pretty much see what is the rise over there. I think Metaverse is right now very much in the conversation, and we could see like also some. I think Arizona State. Um, then a couple of universities already kind of having tailored programs for augmented reality, virtual reality, and uh, metaverse. So that's that's beginning to happen. And considering that, you know, if if you see some of the estimates as to what the market size would look like, and you know, uh, Goldman Sachs and uh, you know even uh, Morgan uh, Morgan Chase, I think they estimated uh, Morgan Stanley. Sorry, uh, they they estimated that. You know the, the 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 economy in the metaverse is going to be around eight trillion dollar. Okay, so if it is going to be that size, everybody is in the conversation, and more so, you know, on the finance side, there is a there's a lot of um, you know uh, ownership, the business models, and all that. Pretty new models are going to be created. The ownership of the virtual assets. So everything that you see in the physical world, right? The real estate, you have a virtual real estate. You know, everything you do, you, your attire, you know, you have your avatar, have his, his or her own attire there. So it's going to be traded. It's going to be, uh, you know, purchased. It would be acquired. All that will be part of the metaverse. So yeah, everybody is in the play right now. <laughs> it's so wild to think about. Um, and I'm curious, just while we're talking about it, like, how did you get kind of, how did you not, not so, I mean, I'd love to know how you got interested in the metaverse, but like, how did you really educate yourself in this space? Like, it's so new. And how, how did you kind of become an expert in the area? I wouldn't call myself an expert here, but yeah, I'm definitely an you know, enthusiast, which kind of has yeah. kind of believed in that vision for a while. And, and actually a lot of that kind of goes back. I'm, I'm, I'm myself, I'm not a big gamer, right? So uh, it's, I mean, I'm, I, you know, play limitedly, but not the passionate gamers. They have their own imagination. I don't think so. I have that. 
but one of the biggest thing that I always see this medium that kind of provides the ability that you can interact with an environment, even if you're not there, and the ability that you can put, put yourself in a position where in, as a person, like in somebody else's shoes and be able to kind of feel that kind of empathy, this medium kind of put that potential, I always found it to be very, very humongous. And particularly I, I was, when I got into that, I, I was more enthusiastic about that whole applicability on the education side, the medical side, you know, you trying to give and get access to a medical expert and provide that to the remote area, which otherwise just absolutely not possible. You know, educating, um, uh, I'm, I'm, I want to kind of uh, take a trip to Barcelona or something. Maybe I'm, I'm not able to afford it. And there are a good crowd that cannot afford it. But, you know, VR, um, they, they provide that you that ability that you can actually do that in the VR environment and pretty much pretty close to what you really see there. So that'd be the next best thing to be being physically there. So and the other thing, like I'm, 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 a, I'm, I'm a sports person in a many, many ways. So I always had imagined, right? You know, instead of seeing a Real Madrid and Barcelona soccer match on on a you know flat screen, could I kind of mimic myself being in the stadium and see as if you know I'm there and you know I can still feel the noise around me, everything? Uh, I'm always like you know thought about that. So you know all that was pretty exciting. Uh, and we started basically my, my I uh, all this was in my you know personal you know space you know looking at it, but I really got introduced it on the on the professional side when we're working on the the whole uh, the the 5G and the 5G specifications were defined back in you know 2011 12 that kind of a time frame we got initially got introduced to this whole concept of you know the immersive experiences how compute intensive are they going to be how do you make it you know realistic how do you make it interactive how do you take it to all the uh, people basically proliferate those and there was basically there was restriction as to why the devices cannot do it because you know the mobile devices only ha can have so much of compute and battery power there. Uh, so we, but we also saw how the cloud infrastructure, the network infrastructure, the the, the sensor pieces, the optical pieces were evolving, and we saw an opportunity there. We can basically leverage the cloud as a co-processor to the device, which allows you to offload all the intense compute tasks and really create this immersive experience even on a low end device and that we thought was the you know kind of um, you know groundbreaking uh, technology if you want to take this amazing technology to the masses that has to happen and we are glad that we we started in 2000 um, you know 15 you know we pretty much kind of spend you know 18 to 24 months trying to convince the world and the industry around us that no this is feasible and i think now everybody talks about it the only way to kind of scale this technology is leverage the cloud so we are glad, uh, you know, some way we turn out to be true. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> I know you mentioned a couple of companies and actually more than a couple. So I know that businesses are already investing in the metaverse, but give us some examples, like real life examples of what that looks like today. Yeah. So broadly, if you look at, I mean, I'll talk about, you know, how they're kind of, what are the different groups that's kind of falling uh, all these use cases. 
I think as with most businesses, you will see, you know, all the investment or any technology that comes in kind of falls, you try to apply it in a, in three buckets, right? One is, are you trying to improve the, the employer, the, the employee experiences so that you can get more productivity and all those things or, and retain them better or train them better. Uh, the second is on the, on the customer side, you know, is, does the technology help you kind of acquire the customer or convert the customer better? And the third thing is obviously on the operational side, right? On the operational side, can I bring in the efficiency and productivity in my operational setup? And pretty much that's what we are seeing, okay? Uh, and the, the, when everything kind of started, I, there were only a few, few companies who were the early adopters, primarily on the aerospace defense, automotive, and, and DOD, the US Air Force, and uh, the, the Department of Defense has been kind of leading the way in many ways. I'm, I'm not sure, like if you're aware about the $22 billion contract that Microsoft got from the DOD, and then there are there are the number of you know those you know close to hundreds of millions of dollars of contract which has been given by the DoD. Uh, so on the based on this use cases, what we have seen initially the use cases which began to happen was which was little decoupled from the operation, and which is understandable because you want to bring in a technology into operation when you are confident that it's going to kind of work or you have proven out somewhere else and you're just trying to kind of extend it. Uh, so we initially saw the most of this initial VR, AR experiences were kind of driven more from a marketing and sales point of view to improve the customer experience. Uh, for example, you know, uh, you know, um, um, companies like uh, Gulfstream and other, you know, jet um, uh, who, who kind of build those kind of um, even ships and all. So they initially kind of created that environment uh, for their customers to go there and customize what they want in that in a more virtual environment and they can do you can do a pretty quick iteration there the same thing kind of also saw on the design uh, review and design engineering side which was like decoupled from the operation so audi volkswagen and all the automotive companies even aerospace companies right they they, they invested a lot in terms of uh, you know allowing their designers to kind of collaborate in that environment and be able to uh, quickly iterate and create something in the 3D environment, not in 2D and quickly kind of do all that feedback. So initially all these use cases happened and the big thing that picked up was the training. And particularly when uh, the COVID hit, the pandemic hit, when everything was kind of remote. And that is, I think training is such an amazing use case here, uh, you know, uh, there's not, so that's the next best thing you can be, uh, next best thing to what you could do, you know, in, in, uh, physically being there, right? So it, that has been a humongous success. The, if, if you're looking at the ROIs, you know, in training, you're seeing effect, you know, the, the ROI of like even close to 85%, 90%, right? Somebody, a task which somebody was able to do uh, for in, in six weeks, they are now getting trained in one week just because, you know, using VR. So we are seeing like amazing uh, ROIs over there. And, and over a time period, now we are also kind of seeing a big uh, push towards the, the operation. Even we are kind of working with some of the large aerospace and defense companies on it, like on the on the assembly and manufacturing of the spacecraft, um, on even the uh, the CB22 program. The with the U.S. Air Force, we have the contract for the CB22 um, aircraft repair and maintenance of the NASA wiring harnesses, where we are using augmented reality to overlay the the wires and you know 
provide the instruction to the maintainers to quickly complete a task. So there's a host of you know use cases which is coming in. Uh, but yeah, definitely, you know, the training has uh, leading the way, uh, the repair maintenance of the, uh, the, the large aircraft, such so as large equipments are kind of leading the way on the industrial side and are more to come. Wow. So <clears throat> you've talked about how it's, how it's going to evolve in the future a little bit. It sounds like training, there's a ton of potential. Um, yep. What are some of the other things that, um, those who are currently like students or a couple years into their careers, mm -hmm. uh, they have long careers ahead of them. What are some of the things that they can expect to see over time in the next 10, 20 years? Uh, I think um, one, one of the good things that is going to happen is uh, they maybe no more have to kind of look at those, those kind of pages. Okay, <laughs> all the data will always be provided to, to them handy. Uh, you know, if they want to kind of, uh, let, uh, let's talk about the, the task. Like earlier, like if somebody will have to go through this painful process of reading the manual, understand it, and go go and kind of um, uh, uh, kind of perform that task. Now it's completely different. You don't even look at this. This doesn't even exist, I think, when they go there. All that they need to do is put up their HoloLens and they they could be the expert in no time. Like, it's like, you know, if you remember the Matrix movie when, you know, uh, Neo, uh, Neo says, I know Kung Fu now, right? It just pretty much kind of, you wear it and you are an expert because all the thing has been kind of guided out. Like you do this and it's been provided visually. And if you want something more, you just click on it, everything, all data, everything contextually is available to, to you. And it just makes things much easier for to kind of accomplish this task. So yeah, it's 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 exciting uh, for everyone. Uh, more sci-fi, I think. <laughs> yeah. How can, um, <clears throat> I know you mentioned a couple of things, but how can finance, and, and even more so accounting, specifically leverage the metaverse? So one, um, one aspect is, you know, um, in the fan, finance and accounting, there's a, there's a lot of analysis kind of be, which is done, which is, you know, maybe is on Excel sheet and, you know, you can do that, the number crunching. There's, there's a lot of information, right? So, you know, one of the one of the beauty of the metaverse, or you know, visualizing this in a in a three D environment, you know, it's it makes it uh, uh, it makes it kind of easy for somebody to kind of even understand the significance of all those you know graphs and the the charts and all that, and kind of do those analysis. And the, the the idea here is, you know, on in accounting finance, the analysis is not just done for themselves, right? The analysis is a lot to do to do convey, you know, the decision makers or kind of enable those decision makers to kind of take a decision which is going to be valuable from a business perspective, right? Now, this kind of this this whole medium kind of provides you that opportunity to kind of give provide those data or analysis or present them in a form which is more easily understandable and which which is more interactive you can quickly kind of answer a few things you can blow up you know you access the different charts and all that in and you can walk through them what happens you know you change certain thing and things will kind of change right up front like a stack of uh, you know graphs that are kind of coming up based on like what you want to see and you, you, uh, and that kind of help helps a lot over there. 
The other thing is obviously you, you're going to see, as I was talking about, there's a completely large virtual economy that's going to be kind of built out, right? So that's where like there's a, a lot of opportunity in terms of you know looking at what new business models are going to be there, how the assets are going to be owned, how it is acquired. So all that is going to become you know a key part of uh, the uh, the whole finance and accounting aspect. So yeah. Uh, uh, the, the, there's a lot coming, uh, and uh, 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 I'm sure there'll be a few surprises on the way, but uh, <laughs> that's what it makes it exciting, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that idea, like that you that you described of someone kind of like walking through graphs and charts and <clears throat> being able to manipulate things in real time, and it's just enabling analysis. It's, it's yep. a, it's a very cool um, idea. And then of course the virtual economy, which is, has its own um, potential. What are some resources for learning about the metaverse that you recommend for those who are entering the workforce and want to have a pretty solid understanding of how the metaverse works and how it relates to business? I think the first thing I will suggest everybody to first go and experience it. Mm. How do they do? How do we do that? Oh, there's, 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 there are loads of, uh, you know, you take, you just take a sandbox or you you take your blocks and you just go and build there, like, you know, in the real world, and it has an economy in itself, right? Once you kind of go through that, and if you spend time there, a lot of those concepts will begin to kind of clear up and, uh, and, and, this is this is something which is seeing is believing experiencing is believing you know how much ever i say something you know our imagination is only going to be limited to what we have seen till now right so you know if and there are things which is possible only in the 3d environment right uh, for the large part of this initial uh, part of this evolution we have been trying to mimic you know things that was there there in the 2d world and trying to mimic that in 3d world because it made sense in the 3d world but you, you, there will be a lot of things which is only possible in this three-dimensional three world and in, in this virtual world, which was not possible earlier. And to, to, to really understand that or get a feel of it, it first kind of makes sense to go and experience it. Once you experience it, uh, there is, um, I don't think so there is any dearth of you know, articles or all that there. Uh, but if I have to kind of point out to a few, right, you know, the uh, uh, follow like, uh, um, you know, some good journalists who have a pretty good vision over there, like, you know, uh, Charlie Fink, I think he's, he's tremendous. Um, even Ryan Peterson from Unity, like you, you can actually follow Unity very closely. And they, they, are, they are in the thick of things in a big way. And Unreal is kind of also making a presence there and their blog post and, um, you know, the, the content they put out, and I, I think has been phenomenal of late. So I think you just kind of follow what Unity kind of provides and some of the leaders like, you know, uh, uh, Charlie Fink and Ori, Ori um, Inbar from AWE, who is the founder of AWE. Um, you'll see some fabulous uh, articles that come comes out. Uh, so yeah, that should, that should give you a lot of, you know, um, you know, ways to kind of go where to, and um, I'm sure there'll be a lot of books that is coming through on the metaverse. Yeah. Pick any, I think that should give you a pretty good grounding. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to check some of those out, but I think it's important what you said about experiencing it yourself. Um, I always <laughs> would say to 
my parents when not to throw them under the bus, but when we, you know, we first got our iPhones and I remember saying to them, like, just play around with it a little bit. Like you kind of have to learn it just by doing it. I can teach you, but it's, um, it will make more sense to you if you, if you experience it. And so, um, it sounds like this is kind of the new version, new, 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 new version of that. Um, it's, it's like in in normal life, right? There's one called information. It's one called information. You know that it's an information. Second, when you process it, you begin to kind of get value from it. I mean, that's where it kind of translates to a knowledge. Then, mm-hmm. you know, then you know, wisdom is completely different, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's similar to that, right? I mean, um, you just have to trace that path. Um, I don't think so. You can only take somebody somewhere, but they have to experience it. Exactly. No, you're exactly right. Well, Djem, this was very educational and fun to imagine what we can expect in the future. And as you said, I think there are going to be a lot of surprises as well, but I really wanted you, you know, you to be able to explain specifically to finance and accounting folks, why this is important for them to understand. And I think we got a really good sense of that. Um, and not just, uh, oh, you should know about it because it's going to be in the news and because Facebook changed their name and, you know, because maybe you're a gamer, right? So it's, it's, it goes far beyond that. Yeah. So let's let's put it this way. If I have to sum it up, like, you know, if 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 anybody thinks Internet is important, just multiply it by a thousand times, maybe. Right. So yes. let's put it that way. And I will leave it. I leave everybody one with one thought, which is like uh, today, I think um, I think even still today, I would say, yeah. Uh, more than 50% of the time we spend in our real world and more or less, and you, you could see that kind of changing from the initial like TV, PC and all those world to mobile world, like where we maybe were not spending any time in the in the virtual world to today, like 50% of time is in virtual world, either on a PC or a phone or whatever it is, right? So just think of a day when you're able to draw more value from the virtual world, whichever it is, it is entertainment, information, knowledge, whatever you want to kind of talk about, or it helps it accomplish something in your work. Think of a day where you may be spending, you know, 70, 80% of your time in the virtual world because you are drawing more value from there than you are doing in the real world, right? I know it's sometimes it sounds a little dystopian, but if you look at the curve, I mean, that's the direction we are going. And if you're going to spend 80% of time in the virtual world, which is going to be the metaverse, that's where the value is. It's, it is crazy to think about. And you're right. Like, I do think it's a little dystopian, but I also know it's probably inevitable. So <laughs> yeah, get on board. Well, Dijem, thank you again for your time. This was really helpful. And uh, especially for me, I was new to the metaverse. Uh, I'm embarrassed to say. So I, I learned a lot personally. So thank you. No, thank you for having me. Uh, it was a pleasure chatting with you.